Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Booed Broadcast, or should I say, Welcome to the Booed Broadcast. I got a soundboard. And unfortunately, I'm about to make it everybody's problem because listen to what I can do. If I have a banger joke, look what I can whip out. Sounds pretty good. If I have a joke that's not so good. If one of you submits something that is so out of pocket, you're getting one of these. And my personal favorite, this one allows me to say. So I'm going to say that because I have a sensor at my fingertips and nobody can get mad at me. Yeah, I've never had good recording gear. (laughs) I've been doing this almost four years. Never had good recording gear. So I took myself to the little audio store the other day, and I thought, I'm getting some upgrades. And they sold me on this cool machine that I know what about 10% of the buttons do, and I'm loving it so far. So hopefully, the podcast is about to get a lot more fun and not a lot more annoying. I promise you, I will do my best to not overuse these buttons because I know how annoying it can be. But I think it's fun that I can still use them. Anyway, it's October, baby. And as an October girl, I know it's like probably 30% of my personality that I was born in the middle of October. But just something happens to my psyche when September 22nd hits, when fall hits, Libra season, the temperature goes down, my happiness goes up, the inspiration is flowing I love October. I don't love scary. Don't get me wrong. I don't love horror. I don't love anything like that. But I love spooky. I love fun, Halloween. You know, like I I like Disney scary or like Disney Halloween. I don't like like horror Halloween. And I think a lot of you are the same way. So three years ago, or let's see. Yeah, three years ago, the first year we did this, 2020, I had been listening to a podcast called Scared to Death, which was a which is a husband and a wife, and they read each other scary stories. And I thought, why don't I do scary story submissions for the month of October? However, it got a little bit overwhelming to do them every week in October. And I don't know if you guys knew this, but we have five Mondays in October. I sat down to plan out my maternity leave episodes. I can't believe I'm on the on the cusp. I mean, I still have a while to go, but I'm like now planning out maternity leave episodes. I'm hoping to get enough recorded so that when I'm on maternity leave, you guys are still getting consistent episodes. Anyway, I, I, it got a little bit overwhelming to do the scary story submissions every single week in October. So last year we did some spooky adjacent episodes and that was the sweet spot. So we have some really 
fun stuff planned for the month of October to get things real festive. Before we begin, I do want to give a trigger warning because these these stories are obviously spooky. There, I, I ask for anything supernatural, any sort of like ghost stories, any sort of paranormal interactions that you guys have had or just times where you've been scared. And I'm just, I don't think that any of them are too, too intense, but I just want you to know if like this is your first time listening to my my October episodes that they do get a little bit spooky. Also, I read these and I'm not a skeptic at all. You guys know that if you've been here before, like you guys know, I'm I'm fully on board. I'm not I'm not religious. I'm a, I tend to veer towards spiritual. I wouldn't say I'm overly spiritual, but I'm definitely not a skeptic when it comes to people, you know, interacting with ghosts and such. But I myself have never had one. Well, actually, I say that I've never had one, but I feel like maybe there have been a couple brushes in the past. And I wanted to open up with this story of mine that I don't think I've ever shared on the podcast. I I may have. I don't know. Sometimes people like will quote things to me and I'll be like, what's that from? And they'll be like, you said it in your episode. And I'm like, must have blacked that out. So forgive me if I have shared this, but I do feel like this is my closest encounter with something that I couldn't explain something spiritual or some sort of, you know, something, something supernatural. So last summer I was going through a lot, divorce, losing my cats, being traumatized. And I decided to do a lot of different, like, you know, healing modalities. I was doing ketamine. I was doing hot cold therapy. I was doing actual therapy. I was doing acupuncture. And I decided to go see an energy worker which I totally believe in. I would not have gone unless I really did believe that there was some value in it. And I had talked to so many people who had done the same thing, people on all ends of the spectrum of religion and spirituality. And I think it just, I mean, it's a scientific fact that energy is everywhere. Energy makes up everything. It seems like it is probably pretty realistic that it can be used for our benefit and to help us heal and to help us detach from things. Anyway, so I went and saw this wonderful energy worker And I had a very intense session with her. And while I'm not a skeptic and I totally believe in these these things, I also wouldn't embellish. Like if I experienced something or if I like, you know, attempted one of these things and I just didn't feel anything, I would say that. I would say, yeah, it, it wasn't my thing, but it was great and it was meditative and whatever. But I had like a real experience with this energy worker and I had a lot of physical symptoms during our session. I was, I I had a, like flu-like symptoms, I would say. I was very shaky. I was very hot. I was sweating a lot. I was crying. I was, it was really, really intense. And afterward, she told me that she had detached me from an entity, from like not a friendly entity. I don't like, she didn't say evil, but it was definitely not, you know, benevolent. And I just knew that that was what happened. I couldn't explain it. Like she said that. And I was like, yeah. And after that session, I was able to like really move forward with a lot of things. And like, I was able to really be happy again. I I felt free from something. And again, I would not say that if I didn't actually believe that to my core, that that's what I experienced. And so I don't know if that was something supernatural. I have no idea what it was. I don't know. When she said entity, I was like, I don't know what that means. Does that mean somebody in real life? Is that somebody else's energy? Does that mean somebody from the other side? Does that, I, I don't know. I don't know the logistics of it, 
but I am very open to all of these types of experiences. And I, I just wanted to say that, that I, when I read your stories, I don't, I don't often think like, yeah, that didn't happen. I usually read them and I'm like, yeah, I just think that some people are built different. They're built different and they can sense things more than others. Because like I said, I don't, I don't have these experiences often, but I read stories from you guys and you'll hear some today where people are like, I can see dead people. (laughs) I can see the dead. So yeah. So I, I want to put a trigger warning on these stories because they are spookier than normal submissions. But again, I don't think that they're too intense and I hope that you guys, you guys enjoy them, especially because I have a very, very special feature that I can now use on my soundboard. Check it out. Let's get spooky. First up, when I was 18, I went to a hypnotherapist, my neighbor, because I was a picky eater. And after having dinner with that neighbor, she told me that she could work with me in hypnotherapy to get me to get me to the root of why I didn't like certain foods. Spoiler, it did actually help me become less picky. My roommate came with me because I wasn't sure what to expect. After my picky eating hypnotherapy session, the hypnotherapist casually asked my roommate if she wanted to have a session with her. I was in the first appointment where my friend, while hypnotized, realized her imaginary friend growing up was actually an evil spirit. She had a few more sessions without me where a lot of stuff came up and the hypnotherapist had to do an exorcism of sorts to get this evil spirit to leave. That afternoon slash night, my roommate was obviously affected by her low-key exorcism and we both ended up falling asleep at like 4 p.m. I woke up four hours later to my roommate whispering my name over and over again. We had twin beds in the same room. Immediately, I could feel something really off in the room and my first thought was that I felt like someone was holding a knife to my throat. I was so scared and couldn't open my eyes at first, but I cracked one open and saw my roommate staring at me from her bed. She whispered the spirit slash her old imaginary friend's name, whose name I'm still too scared to say, and said that she was in the room with us at the foot of her bed. The spirit was wearing white. She had long brown hair and a face with a lot of scratches on it. I immediately squeezed my eyes shut so I couldn't see. The lights were all off in the house because we had fallen asleep earlier when it was still light outside. We were both crying and she told me that I needed to get into her bed with her. I've never been so scared, but with my eyes still shut, I jumped from my bed into hers and we sang songs with our heads under the blanket. Eventually, my roommate looked and said that the spirit had walked into the kitchen. After waiting a while longer, we got up, turned on the lights, and we never knew where she went. This was seven years ago and I still can't say the name without full body chills. Let me know if the music's too much. I kind of got scared. I'm recording this in broad daylight. It is literally, what time is it? 11.40 a.m. And that music got me. (laughs) But these are the experiences when it happens to two people, when two people are in the room, because I mean, there's definitely more room for skepticism when there's two people, but only one of them is experiencing it. Like sometimes you're like, hey, maybe you're a little bit sleep deprived. Maybe your edible was a little bit too strong. Like who's to say that, That really happened because there was somebody else with you and they did not experience that. But so many of these stories happen to multiple people and they see the exact same thing. I will say probably, okay, as as I like start the episode, I'm like, it's never happened to me. And I'm sharing all these stories. I will, I do remember one time when me and my best friend, we were probably in like third or fourth grade where we did Bloody Mary. Do you guys remember doing this? Like you go in the bathroom, shut the door, turn off the lights. You say Bloody Mary three times, you spin around, then you see something in the mirror. And 
we claimed to have seen the same thing. I don't know. You know, it was probably the people pleaser in me. She probably told me what she saw. And I was like, me too. I like didn't want to let her down. I was like, yes. But the way I remember it, we saw the same thing. I feel like memory recovery and this, she talks about this in the story that she, you know, did this hypnotherapy. Recovered memories are so interesting because they're, and they're also kind of fickle. You know, it's like why testimony can't be trusted in court because people remember things so off. But I have friends, I have loved ones who have had repressed memories come up that other people have verified. And it's, it's crazy. The brain is so powerful. And it's weird because it's actually changed the way that I think about my kid. And <laughs> every week I'm like, should I just tell you guys the gender? I don't know. What to, I think I might just surprise you guys, but we'll, we'll see how I feel. I might not be able to wait. But I think about my kid and like all of these memories that they could possibly experience at a really young age. So I I don't know. It's it's simultaneously very scary and very cool that they could have memories that come up for them from being a really young age. Anyway, that's just a side note that I think that repressed memories are super interesting. And, you know, sometimes they are real. Sometimes they are. Our brain is powerful. It can play tricks on us very easily. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Amika. Let's get clean-ical. Get it? So the clinical, we're getting clinical. Lather up your strands with Amika's clinically proven shampoo and conditioner duos that leave your hair looking and feeling like you just left the salon. Their science-backed formulas are powered by nourishing, naturally-derived ingredients with no nasties that deliver visible, woe-worthy results for every hair type. Amika means friend which means all of these products are going to be a friend to all. Your hair, hairstylists, the planet, and you. Amika is good for the soul. And I love what they did for this partnership. They have created a landing page on their website where you can shop all of my favorite things. So the hair mask that I'm talking about, the dry shampoo that everybody loves, it's all on this landing page. So you can just go to my link and shop all of my favorites. Amika is always clean and kind and planet positive, which means they're always vegan and cruelty-free. They have sea buckthorn powered products that nourish your skin, scalp, and strands. So like I said, you can go to my link and shop all of my favorites at loveamika.com bad. And that also gives you 20% off of your order. L-O-V-E-A-M-I-K-A.com slash bad. You can shop my favorites, get 20% off of your order, which is automatically applied at checkout. If you use my link, it cannot be combined with other offers and it expires on November 1st, 2023. That's loveamika.com slash bad. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes our brains can get in their own way. I've talked about it before, but our brains are not necessarily designed to keep us happy. They're designed to keep us safe. So sometimes when change comes about, our brains freak out, even if it's a positive change. Even when you know what you should do and what's good for you, your brain can sometimes hold you back. Therapy helps you figure out what is holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. Therapy has been the perfect place for me to do this. I can just toss out all of my thoughts. I can have somebody else help me sort through them and then kind of have a guiding light 
through what will be best for me in the long run. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Sometimes we don't want to schedule therapy because it feels like it's going to interrupt our life. Like we all have busy lives. We've got jobs. We've got friends. We've got family. We've got all of this stuff. How are we supposed to find time to go to therapy? BetterHelp makes it super convenient and very flexible. You just fill out a brief questionnaire online to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Help it out. Help guide it along. Visit BetterHelp.com slash bad today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bad for 10% off of your first month. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Let's begin our next story. And here's the music. This is the story of how I was haunted. Not my house, not my neighborhood, me. I was about 16. I had my own room and I woke up early in the morning to see a woman standing in my doorway. She was very pregnant and didn't make me feel uneasy. I was more just curious. Suddenly she grasped at her belly. She hunches over and slowly slides down my doorframe. She pulled her hand away and I saw blood from a new wound right on her belly as if she had just been stabbed or shot. I knew I was awake and not dreaming because I was sitting upright by this point. I jumped up to go help her, but she disappeared and I ran into my parents' room. Unnerving, but I assumed I had just had an active imagination. Then a month or two later, I woke up to a light in my room. Unlike the time before, I felt extremely uneasy with this light. It was about five feet to the left of me, floating a couple feet above the ground. I debated running to my parents' room because I felt so unsafe, but the light was between me and the door. I was about to try to slither out of the room without drawing attention to myself, but the light shifted into the soft figure of an older woman. She wasn't fully formed, but I could distinctly see her face. She turned to look straight at me, and her aura charged at me. I threw the blanket over my head, and I could see her light through my blanket. I knew she was floating above me, waiting for me to pull back the covers. Finally, after after about 10 minutes or so, the light faded away, and I chanced peeking out, and she was gone. I ran out of my room into my parents as fast as I could. Two visions, that's not my imagination. The house had to be haunted or something. Every once in a while over the next three years, I would see more people, sometimes the face of a child, which was innocent, not scary, smiling at me, sometimes a child who was scary at the foot of my bed. One time, the aura of a man meandered into my room and then meandered back out. Luckily, rarely were they as insidious as the light woman When I got married at 20, I thought I would be free from the personages visiting me. But no, only a few days into living in my new house and the aura of a man with a clearly, clearly insidious motives creeped into my room. I knew he meant me harm. I panicked, screamed, and threw my pillow across the room at him. My husband woke up and the man disappeared. My husband never saw him. Great. My house wasn't haunted. I was. I was visited by the personage of a woman reading, a child playing tag, and one time a man staring at me through the window. My husband never saw 
any of them. I was ready to start believing in other realms that I had never even considered believing in. And in the end, I was diagnosed with adult night terrors and sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis is is typically, I would say when I read these stories, it is typically the culprit of most of these. However, that does not convince me that they're not real. I feel like we kind of slap on like a modern day diagnosis to it. And while it's probably accurate, while that is probably, there's probably some scientific brain activity going on that makes people see these things, whatever it might be. I do feel like there is an explanation that we will not know, like not to be this person, but that we won't know until we get to the other side. People ask me a lot, like, and we talked about it even last week, like kind of piecing together spirituality and stuff. I will tell you guys what I believe about a higher power or like the next life or whatever. I believe that we as human beings don't even have the capability of understanding what comes next or what the higher power is. And I saw somebody describe this belief system as like, if you were to describe quantum physics to an ant, like it would not be possible. They, they don't even have the capability of understanding what that means, what questions to ask, what the whole, like that is how I think the bigger picture is going to work. I feel like when we die or whatever, we move on. I feel like there's going to be all of these answers that we're not even close to asking the questions for. You know what I mean? Not to get all existential on you guys, but that is kind of my belief. So when I, when I hear these things, I'm like, there is probably some answer that our dumb brains just can't quite wrap that, wrap, wrap around, wrap around. Okay. This one is not scary. So I'm not going to play the scary, the scary songs. She says, I have a scary, I have a funny, scary story. One night, a few years ago, my grandparents called my dad freaking out, saying that someone was behind their house looking at them and holding a flashlight. They share, they share land with us in the middle. Sorry, I remember this story. It's really funny. They share land with us in the middle of the woods and live a little in a little 800 square foot cabin, which is creepy on its own. My dad jumps out of bed and takes off to their house to see what's going on. My grandfather is yelling at them, trying to get their attention. And my mom, sister and I are all standing on our garage, watching up the hill to see what's going on. We're all holding on to each other as tight as we can, shaking and questioning who or what is behind our houses. We can see flashlights shining into the woods. My dad and grandfather hollering at this unknown thing and it not answering or moving, just standing there, shining the light down at the cabin. All of a sudden, my dad yells down at us, get in the house. And we ran screaming like bats out, like, like a bat out of hell, trying to get in that door at the same time, screaming, shaking, trying to get our phones to call my grandmother to see what's going on. That's when she calls us and she is laughing so hard she can't talk. What they saw, that would be the moon coming over the mountain. After yelling at it for over five minutes and trying to get an answer, my dad ran to the rescue just to find the moon. No wonder they weren't getting an answer. This wasn't a prank. My grandparents genuinely thought there was someone behind their house with a light just staring at them. And just in case you were wondering, wondering, things like that happen all the time. All I have to say is that I get it. I'm also scared of the moon occasionally and also that I love old people. Well, I love old I love old people some of the time. Some of the time it can be a little frustrating, but you know, I think that most of them mean well and most of them are just doing their absolute best. However, sometimes 
they can be cranky. And sometimes I interact with old people that I think hate me personally, like they have a vendetta against me for existing. And those those types of old people do kind of scare me uh, just a little bit, just a little bit. Okay, next one. This one, we can cue up our spooky music. So when my mom was in high school, she spent a few days home alone while her family went out of town because she had team practices she still needed to go to. During that week, weird things happened that she would notice and not remember from when she would leave the house, like the garage being open when she came home or underwear, clothing drawers in her room being messed up. But she chalked it up to her doing things but forgetting because she was in a rush to get out in the morning. She also had one of those closets with the slats so that if you looked in from the room, you could not see into the closet. But if you were inside the closet, you could see into the room. She would come home and it would be open with the light inside on. I think you know where I'm going with this. She's a super light sleeper and has always woken up right away, even if we just barely opened the door to her room while we were growing up. One night she woke up because she had a feeling she wasn't alone. It was dark in the middle of the night, but she could hear breathing. The first thought she had was that a dog had somehow gotten into the house because it sounded heavy, almost like panting. The next thing she noticed was that the light from the alarm clock was blocked. In that moment, she realized it was not a dog, but a person sitting on her bedside table next to her. I don't know how she didn't panic in that moment, but she sat up and reached out to turn the lamp on. They stood up and turned around to walk out of her room and also out of the house. A man had been hiding in her closet and watching her and going through her things during the day while she was gone. Police were called and locks were changed, but they couldn't track him down. There had been similar things happening around the neighborhood around her too, and here's the worst part. He was never found. The situation could have ended so badly, but I'm positive the only reason she was okay because she stayed calm and didn't react out of fear in the moment. I've seen and experienced a lot of scary, creepy things, but hearing this experience from my mom always scared me the most and made me feel so freaked out whenever I would have to go into a room in the basement. I still can't sleep without checking and closing my closet. Basically scarred me for life, and it's worse knowing that it wasn't just a dream. That actually, that might be number one. That might take the cake. That might be the absolute scariest thing I've ever read. Like, we've all, well, maybe not all of us, but... I mean, like you, you hear stories like this, like, oh, they found somebody living in the attic or they found somebody walking through their house or whatever. That is the scariest thing. Something real, something, a real person. Like my family have, has this discussion all the time. Like, would you rather be visited by like a nefarious ghost or like a, a real human person? And I get the argument for why a ghost is scarier because it does kind of seem like they have capabilities that maybe humans want to do. Like you can run away from a human being, right? Like you can lock a human being out. A spirit is not bound by our world. But after much debate, I would way rather face a scary ghost. I'd rather face anything paranormal than anything scary and real. 100%. I'm so glad that she's okay because you're right. Could have, could have been a lot worse. Okay. Here we go. On to the next. Hello, Queen Maddie. Buckle up. I was probably only 14 at the time, and I went over to babysit a little girl while her parents went to a late night event. I just got there in time to read the little girl a couple books and tuck her into bed and just watch a show before the parents got home around 2 or 3 a.m. that night. This was my first time babysitting at night for this family, so I honestly did not know what to expect. After reading a bedtime book, she tells me she cannot go to bed because there is a man in her closet. I walk over to the closet, open the door to show her, and no one is inside. I then handed her a stuffed animal and told her it will keep her safe, and I assure her that no one is there. 
She looks unsure, but lays down and I go sit on the couch. About 20 minutes go by and I hear her crying from her room or I hear crying coming from her room. I go in to check on her and she points to the closet and tells me once again, there is a scary man in her closet. I'm extremely creeped out and I tell her I would sit with her until she falls asleep. It didn't take long for her to fall asleep. So once again, I go back out onto the couch. I kid you not, probably five minutes pass before I hear a scream, a scream and a steady banging on her door. I get up and run only for this girl to be banging her head against the wall. I immediately grab and shake her awake. She calms down and once again falls asleep and I close the door. But then I hear a man's voice right behind me go, hey, I'll never forget it. Not sure if it was the adrenaline or if somebody was actually there. I thought that the parents were home, so I ran to the garage to check and see if I just heard the dad. Nope, garage was empty and I checked the entire house while holding a knife to not find anything. I end up staying on the phone with my friend until the parents came home. I'll never forget this. And I never went back to babysit there again. I said this during our babysitting episode, but parents should be so mad that horror movies exist because it has, first of all, it's ruined babysitting for a lot of us. Like, I feel like every time I thought about babysitting, I always remembered some scary scene from the, from scary movie where something happens to the babysitter. It's like one of the most cliche horror movie, scary story, whatever tropes. I also have a theory that these spirits or whatever it might be appear to, okay, this is kind of, this is kind of a creepy thought. Maybe, I don't know. But I feel like they show themselves to kids and not adults because it's like, it's the easiest way to get access <laughs> to our world. Because if a little kid is saying it, like a little kid's not gonna, not gonna like, like what can they do? They can't stop them. It's like the easiest guardian of our, of our world. I think that's why kids see scary things all the time. I've been around kids who say the scariest shit ever. Like they just see things and they see people. And it's like, of course, that the, the ghost decided to show itself to a little kid. What's the little kid going to do? Can't stop it. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Clean Simple Eats. I have fallen in love with a new protein powder. And based on speaking to many of you, you have also fallen in love with this unbelievably creamy, delicious protein powder with a million flavors. You can use it for anything that you're using protein for. So I feel like what's really popular right now is like the protein desserts. They have every possible flavor. They've got s'mores, cake batter, mint chocolate cookie, anything that you can dream up. I usually find that protein has a chalky aftertaste, but Clean Simple Eats is different. It's super creamy and smooth. No chalkiness. And I use the vanilla every single morning. And then I kind of, I mix in some different flavors here and there, but the vanilla makes every single protein smoothie or shake or dessert that I make taste so good. It tastes like I'm adding a scoop of vanilla ice cream. Something else that I love about Clean Simple Eats is their high ingredient standards. Their protein is always grass-fed with no artificial ingredients. It's always third-party tested. It's non-GMO and it's gluten-free. Plus, Clean Simple Eats is a female-founded, female-owned business, which you know I love. You've probably seen this going super viral on TikTok because it really is the most delicious protein. So visit cleansimpleeats.com and use the code BAD at checkout for 20% off of your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com, code BAD for 20% off of your first order. Did you know that you can tell the difference between a laboratory-grown diamond and a natural diamond? 
Laboratory-grown diamonds are mass-produced in factories in just a few weeks and are easily detected due to their distinct patterns. On the other hand, natural diamonds are over a billion years old, and they support the livelihoods of over 10 million people worldwide. The positive impact of natural diamonds is widespread. Around 80% of the value of every rough diamond remains in local communities and supports infrastructure, healthcare, education, and environmental protection. So next time you're thinking of celebrating a special moment in your life, remember that your natural diamond also protects vulnerable wildlife species and brings prosperity to many less fortunate communities around the world. For more information, visit naturaldiamonds.com. Okay, uh, next one. I just want to say, I feel like a professional DJ every time I slide this little bar up to cue up the music. Here we go. For our anniversary last year, my husband and I spent a few days at the Hotel Del Coronado. The hotel is on Coronado Island in San Diego and is really old, built in the 1800s. We had a room in the historic main building. Our first day there, we were settling into our room when the TV turned on by itself. We turned it off and didn't think anything of it, figuring it had to do with old wiring. About 30 minutes later, someone pounded really loudly on our door and rattled the doorknob. My husband happened to be standing right there by the door and whipped it open, but no one was there. Half joking, half serious, I told him that I thought our room might have been visited by a ghost. He said that it was just kids messing around. We left the room to go to dinner and walk by the beach, and when we returned that night, I went straight to the bathroom to take a shower. In the middle of the bathroom floor was a pair of my husband's shoes. I asked him why he would leave his shoes in the bathroom, and he was adamant that he had left them in the closet. The next day, we went on a little audio tour to learn about the history of the hotel. I need to pause the ambience here before I go on. I should have put a trigger warning, an extra trigger warning on this episode. So if you'd like to skip ahead, do so now. There have been a ton of famous guests like movie stars and presidents and the movie Some Like It Hot was filmed there. It turns out the hotel is also famously haunted. In 1892, a young woman named Kate Morgan checked into the hotel under an alias for a rendezvous with her lover. When he didn't show up after a few days, she was brokenhearted and took her own life on the steps outside the hotel. Her ghost is known to interfere with electronics, move things around, communicate through thumps, and is especially drawn to couples staying together at the hotel. The kicker? We were staying in the exact room she had checked into, 130 years to the day after she died. My husband thinks I'm reading too far into it, but I'm convinced we had an encounter with the ghost of Kate Morgan. Okay, so I wanted to look into this. Also, good for you for doing an audio tour of the history of your hotel. You are a better and probably way smarter person than me. But I wanted to look into this because it seemed like it's pretty like well-known. So I just, I just did a little Google about Kate Morgan and her ghost. And here's what I found. Independent paranormal researchers have documented supernatural activity in Kate's room using high-tech gadgetry, including infrared cameras, night vision goggles, radiation sensors, toxic chemical indicators, microwave imaging systems, and high-frequency sound detectors. There have also been Kate sightings in hotel hallways and along the seashore. Another very active area is the resort's gift shop, where visitors and employees routinely witness haunting hap- haunted happenings and giftware mysteriously flying off the shelves, oftentimes falling upright and always unbroken. How scary would that be if you saw a vase fall off a shelf and land on its, well, its feet, its vase feet, unbroken and upright? It also says that the story of Kate Morgan continues to intrigue hotel visitors, and the room in which she stayed is the most requested guest room at the hotel. So good for you 
forget in good old Kate Morgan's room without even having to request it. Haunted places to me are like an absolute given, though that's not something I doubt at all. Because I can imagine that when we're on the other side, you want to visit places that you that are comfortable. Like you want to go in and see. I literally told my mom last night, I was like, hey, just by the way, when you die, you can come visit me. Like for sure. Let's have a meeting place so that you don't freak me out. Like don't come visit me in the middle of the night. Like let's have an agreement. Let's go somewhere you love. Like pick a place. I will we'll have, we'll have, we'll just know. We'll know that that's where we're meeting. And then it's not scary. You know what I mean? All right, on we go. I have been waiting for this one. This is my story of the shadow man. Growing up, my siblings and I all slept in bedrooms at the end of one hall, and every night we would sleep with our doors open. One night, I remember waking up and saw a distinct shadow and silhouette of a man in the hallway. I specifically remember it looked like he was wearing a big top hat. He would take a few steps toward my doorway, disappear, and then reappear back in the hallway. I remember being terrified, but I was too scared to make a sound or call my parents. Eventually, I fell asleep, and I thought it was fine until the next morning. My older brother says, I saw a weird shadow man wearing a top hat in the hall last night. Keep in mind, I had told no one at this point. Now, years later, we still talk about the weird shadow man we both saw that night and wonder what it might have been. Well, I don't know if this is helpful or hurtful, but the hat man, very well-documented ghost that a lot of people see. The hat man according to Monster Wiki, who knows that this is reputable, but the hat man is a ghost-like entity that is seen as a shadow-like person, typically wearing a trench coat and a top hat, sometimes a fedora. I don't know how scared I would be of a man in a fedora. I'm going to be honest. However, the hat man, it says he acts like a ghost and is almost always seen there just standing up. This form can simply fade until the witness no longer sees it and has no apparent reaction to people. For example, many people reported bumping into this entity, which does absolutely nothing for seconds or minutes, and then moves around a bit and just vanishes it, and just vanishes as if it couldn't detect who saw it. Unlike a ghost who might have visible facial, facial features, the hat man is a shadow in the dark in its entirety with no identifying features. Again, anything well-documented or with multiple witness accounts, I just believe it. Next up, I could see dead people up until the day my dad died. I did frequently. They'd always be standing barefoot in the road as I was driving past. They were always looking down but facing away from me, so their backs were to me from any angle. A little boy in the snow, a cheerleader under a streetlight, a farmer in broad daylight on a dirt road. They never made me afraid because I always felt like they were just chilling. I'm a scaredy cat, but these ghosts just seemed to mind their own business. And then when I was 16, my dad died in a car crash, and the lawyer told me in depth about what happened. I was so afraid of seeing his ghost that I said the most fervent prayer of my life. I'm religious if that matters, that the ghost would stop. I just couldn't risk it, and they stopped for years. I was so thankful, until last year when my little brother died and the night terrors started. I never dreamed of my dad or brother before, and suddenly I was seeing them die over and over again, even once I woke up. So I'd fight falling asleep every night, and then I'd wake up screaming more often than not, and eventually the ghosts came back. I'd wake to a bright light and be shaking so hard, and it wouldn't go away for up to 30 minutes. I'd be stuck in what I was convinced at the time was some sort of limbo where I just had to stare at the ghost in my room who had come for me. My eyes wide open, completely awake every time. Sometimes I'd feel their hands on me and later find claw marks or bruises from where I'd been fighting them off. I was doing it to myself, I'm sure, but even so, I didn't want to see them at night. I simultaneously wanted to be dead and was afraid of death. And then it started to stop when I got married. I'd wake up screaming. My husband would wrap around me and the ghost would go away. But I see them when I drive. 
Never my dad or brother, but I still see others. And this time, they don't seem as nice. First of all, so much tragedy in your life. And I'm so, so very sorry. It's amazing what our intuitions are capable of feeling. Like, I I mean, I'm obviously just convinced that a woman's intuition is literally like the most powerful thing that ever exists. And how you just know when something is not okay. Like when you see something and you just know in your gut, like so many women in my life will know immediately if something is good or bad. Like if the vibes, the energy, whatever it is, like the intuition of a woman is so powerful. And I mean, this is, this is again, cause we're talking about supernatural and spirituality and all of these things. That is something that I feel like I'm, I'm trying to develop because it wasn't super fostered when I was younger and when I was religious, because intuition always had a different name, you know, it was always, you know, the Holy spirit, whatever it might be. And so much of it I'm learning now was my intuition. And a lot of it was my anxiety. A lot of it was not my intuition, but now I'm trying to like really tap in. And I feel like as I'm approaching 30, as I'm getting into my thirties, like I feel like I'm really starting to trust my intuition and like the way my body feels about things. It's just crazy. I hear so many, so many women talk about their intuition and they just know, you know, when something is there, that's good for you. You know, when something there that's scary, we're just We are intelligent beings, us women. Okay, let's begin our next submission, which is actually more advice. So I'm not even going to play the scary music. Uh, She says, hey, Bad Broad, you're my favorite podcast. You've helped me find my own voice as I've heard you evolve and find yours in this past few years. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Okay, every year you get submissions about sleep paralysis, and I want to scream this from the rooftops for the listeners. I have dealt with sleep paralysis since I was young, and I've had a crazy experience that led me to what I want you to share. I was waiting for some uncomfortable sleep paralysis to end. I hate that feeling. And the next thing I know, I'm floating above my body in my room. I floated around before falling back in and waking up fully. This led me down a rabbit hole of information about out-of-body experiences and the vibrational state. If you haven't, or if you ever have sleep paralysis, Google that. I've since learned how to relax during sleep paralysis and then float out or sit up out of my body. You can move around your room, go outside, etc. I know it sounds insane and I wouldn't believe it if it didn't happen to me. There are books about it as well as information on how to enter the same state from a vivid dream. I'm a very normal human, I promise, living my life with this little secret. I've had some very weird, very cool experiences. Anyway, share this if you get a lot of submissions about sleep paralysis again. It's wild and I don't know what it means or why it happens, but I'm telling you, it's worth looking into. Thanks for reading. Good luck with Baby Broad. This is my plea that all of you out there who do experience sleep paralysis, that you look into this. I looked it up and a lot of, yeah, like vibrational state stuff. It does talk about out of body experiences. So I'm curious if like anybody listening who does have sleep paralysis, let me know if you try this. I just feel like that's the scariest part of sleep paralysis is that you are so out of control of your body. So maybe those of you that have sleep paralysis, maybe this would be a little bit freeing. It's a little weird. It's a little kooky, but I I believe that it's possible. Okay, next story. One night, my husband was gone and I had to put the kids to bed a half hour earlier. My four and two-year-old shared a room at this time and my two-year-old was learning how to climb out of her crib. I heard some bumbling sounds, so I checked their camera in their room and I see my four-year-old in his bed, but I can't see my two-year-old in her crib. Only the blankets. A few moments later, I see a little body pull back the curtains and do a -a peekaboo sort of pop-out thing from the curtains again and again about 10 times. I thought nothing of it and I just assumed it was my two-year-old that had climbed out of her crib and was playing peekaboo. I walked into their room to go put her back in the crib and my four-year-old popped up out of his bed and looked at the crib and my two-year-old also popped her head up out of the crib. Immediately, I felt so sick. 
I took them both back in and casually did a check of the curtains and found nothing. I left the room trying not to make a big deal of what I had seen and not make my four-year-old scared, but kept watching my camera. My four-year-old called my name and I went back in to ask what he needed. He wanted to ask me why we have curtains and I told him that they keep the sunlight out. He asked me why there was a ghost living in there. I was even more sick now. I told him that if he ever saw any more ghosts, he could just say, thanks for the visit, but you need to leave now. I watched the camera the whole night. We didn't get a visit from our little ghost friend again, but it did make plenty of appearances over the duration of us living there. Listen, I know I just had a whole huge rant about how obviously ghosts go for the kids, but like at the next ghost symposium or conference or whatever, I feel like they should maybe come up with a better way to enter our world because do they have to scare the children every single time? Also, I think now is a good, a good time to bring up the, the age old question. What is the scariest ghost to see? We've discussed this before. Is it a little kid? Is it a a middle-aged person or is it an old person? For me personally, I think, I don't know my, what my answer would be in the past, but I do think an old man is the scariest type of ghost to see. Okay. This is our final story for today. Here we go. First off, I love you in the podcast and would love for my story to be read out loud. My husband and I bought our first home a few years ago. It's an older home built in the seventies. We'd lived in the house a couple months and coming up on October, we decided to install a ring doorbell as we would both be traveling for work in the coming month and wanted to be able to check on the comings and goings, packages delivered, etc. while we were both gone. One morning after recently installing the ring, I was checking the live feed of the camera. We have a large pine tree in our front yard and the ring doorbell captures it perfectly. Well, it looked as though some neighbor kids were playing a joke and had hung one of those scream slash ghoul dummies from our tree, the ones that have a white face and a black cloak. Again, it was October, so Halloween decorations being hung from our tree didn't seem far-fetched. I walked to the front window immediately after looking at the live feed and was about to walk out the door when I looked at the tree and realized that there was nothing there. I looked back to the live feed on the Ring app and the figure that was hanging there was gone. I had seen it clear as day and it was on the video for a good while. I tried to rewind back on the Ring app and it wouldn't let me. About a week later, my husband and I were sleeping downstairs in the guest room as we were making some updates to the master bedroom upstairs. The guest room window looks directly out to that same pine tree I had seen the figure hanging from. I was sound asleep and should note that I'm a very heavy sleeper when I was suddenly wide awake staring at a white hooded figure looking directly over me at my side of the bed. After staring at it for a moment, it disappeared. There wasn't a sinister feeling, more like it was checking on me. My husband was still sound asleep, so I went back to bed. This happened very early in the morning, like two or three. A few nights later, we were still sleeping downstairs in the guest room. Same thing happened. I was sound asleep around the same time, 2 to 3 a.m., and then I was wide awake. But this time, there was a black hooded figure over my husband's side of the bed. After looking at it for a moment, it disappeared, just like the white figure had. I felt a little more unsettled. Not sure if that was due to its figure being much darker or spookier in appearance, but I still didn't have a bad feeling about it, so I went back to bed. I shared all this with my husband after it happened. He was concerned as to why the darker figure was over his side, but those have been the only experiences I've had in this house. I'd like to think they were friendly spirits checking in on the new owners and decided to move along after those initial first visits. I've never felt scared and still love my home still. You guys are just so much braver than I am because I mean, I get it. Trusting the intuition. I totally believe in it, but I can't imagine that my intuition would not be going absolutely haywire at the thought of a figure anywhere in my house. But I guess that's kind of the beauty of the intuition with supernatural. You just know when you should and should not be scared. 
Those are all of the stories that we have time for today. If you have a story that you want to share, it's in my highlights on Instagram. It will be up until October 22nd. You can submit all of your scary comings and goings there. Thank you to everybody who submitted. Thank you for being here for another year of the Booed Broadcast. Four years seems insane. Thank you for making it possible. Remember to subscribe, rate, review, and remember to always be safe from the ghosts, be kind to the ghosts, and be hot for the ghosts. I guess that is our Halloween tagline this year. I love you guys so much. I will see you next week for another installment of the Booed Broadcast. We made it through the episode without too many annoying noise distractions from yours truly. No promises for next week, but either way, love you so much. We'll see you then. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind the scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.